The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Tweet any question you have for the hosts with the hashtag DealWithYield or email them at host at dealwithyield.com for the chance to hear their response. Welcome back to The Deal with Yield. We're back with our two hosts, Joel Whipperforth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead, and Kyle Reiner, Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor. On this episode, we'll be exploring all things early in season. Joel and Kyle, let's get your recommendations on side dressing. So pre-side dress nitrogen, there's a couple different things you can do. Is You can pull a tissue sample. Tissue sample is going to show you what nitrates are available in the plant. And the other thing is to actually do a test in a soil sample. And I guess how I do it, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Joel, is I go in between a row, I take a one-foot sample every two inches across like a 30-inch row or a 20-inch row. So I try to space them out between a one and two inches apart. I take that sample and I send it into the lab. The lab will come back and tell me a parts per million. And based off that, will tell me if I should side dress nitrogen. And whether you're doing it with a coulter rig, a wide rep rig, whatever may be, slinger over the top with some kind of a, a urea-based product, those are kind of the things that I would do at this time. You got anything else to add to that, Joel? Yeah, I think there's been a resurgence of people trying to do in-season scouting and nitrate samples. There's a number of ways to test for them. There's some sampling methods that uh, allow you to have a sensor right in the field. But I still like being able to send it to the lab and get a laboratory procedure done on that. That helps me understand what that is. But really, that's just a snapshot in time. You're only measuring one segment of the amount of nitrogen in your soil. You're measuring the negatively charged or the nitrate form. And so if it's been cool and you haven't potentially mineralized a lot of nitrogen out of there, you might have a low nitrate sample because some of it might be tied up in the nitrite form or the positively charged form. And I find that every good test needs a radiologist reading an x-ray. You need a consultant to kind of share with you what some of the other outliers in that sample might be. Another thing to think about on that, Joel, is when did you apply your nitrogen? What source was it in? So... Early in the season, we're looking at pulling nitrate sample along with ammonium sample. So to see what form it is and also categorize how many pounds per acre it is. Yeah, one one question I get a lot on this is uh, when you're side dressing, how do I keep that nitrogen stable? And so you get a question on usually two products. One of them is typically Agartane, which has NBPT in it. And then the other one is NSERV or nitropyrin. And both of them will stabilize nitrogen in some way. Kyle, have you got much of either of those products being used in your world? We've started a couple of years ago to put more on. And as people start to get educated a little bit more in our area, there's a fear of losing nitrogen. Obviously, the public is aware of the nitrogen moving through the profile. And we're trying to be the best stewards we can as farmers out there. So there's been a lot of uh, nitrogen containing products so it's not losing it through the soil profile is there certain brands i don't know if they do what they're supposed to do based on what's in them those are the ones it's not the ones that come out in the last couple of years and don't have the nitrogen formulating or keeping them in that formulation i think one of the products that stood the test of time is obviously anything with nbpt in it which is typically an agrotain product and that really works on stabilizing surface applied nitrogen so that it doesn't volatilize off or gassing off So that's something if you were going to apply urea 
or uh, 28% and you were going to not incorporate that into the row, that would be the product to use versus nitropyrin, which is really going to stabilize that in the soil. Depending upon how much rainfall you get in your area is going to depend upon whether or not that application of NSERV nitropyrin is going to give you a positive ROI. We see a lot of nitropyrin that gets used in the fall, some in the spring, and a little bit less at side dress time. So you just kind of feel out what your local conditions are as far as how much rainfall you get because obviously that's the key trigger for any application of nitrogen or nitrogen stabilizers. I think another one that's been in our area, when I worked up in northern part of Minnesota, we used a product called ESN, and what that was was poly-coated. And it keeps it in that form. It takes the amount of fracture. So just picture something coated in plastic, right? Like an M&M? Close to an M&M. If you drop it on the ground a few different times, it shows cracks. And the same theory of coating this with this polymer-based over the urea is it keeps it in that form until you need it. And it takes a little while to break it down. And and slow-release nitrogen on certain crops is key. The only bad thing about it is a polymer, and you do get a lot of rainfall. And it tends to go downhill, and it tends to accumulate in the bottom. So be careful if you're going to go out there and spread it over the top, and hopefully you don't get high winds and and high water to float it down to the bottom. Yeah, I I like to see those type of polymer-coated urea products typically incorporated in the spring before planting versus uh, side-dressed out for that reason so that we don't get a bunch of styrofoam piles at the bottom of the hill. From now on, we'll be including a new segment to our podcast. At the end of each episode, listen in to hear our hosts answer select audience questions that we receive from farmers like you. If you have any question for the host, tweet them using the hashtag DealWithYield or mail them at host at DealWithYield.com. This week, we have a question that goes right along with our topic on in-season plant nutrition. A farmer named Jordan asked... What is the best way to VR nitrogen? Will it save money and increase yield? Joel and Kyle, what are your thoughts? Jordan, I think that's a great question. Save money and increase yield. It sounds like the full package there. Kyle, do you see a lot of verberate nitrogen doing all those things? That's a tough one to do both. I think the first thing to take a look at is what hybrid do you have out there and do you have any kind of data to support a side dress application based on the year that's provided? I guess those are the first questions I would have back to anybody to ask me, should I variable rate nitrogen? Should I put any nitrogen in season? And that's where I would start. What about you? I think what's interesting is I've talked to our regional agronomists that are spread throughout the country. Trying to get them down to one answer on how to make a nitrogen recommendation is a little bit like herding cats. But I think some of the successes that I've seen have some general themes to them. And I'll kind of give you my one, two, three of what those themes are. And so number one, start by setting zones, whether it's a soil survey based map or potentially using an NDVI based map, but trying to categorize zones of likeness within that field. And you start to see some year over year trends emerge as far as how different parts of the field offer similarities year over year. I learned a new word the other day that's called a heuristic characteristic. That's a big word for you, Joel. That's that's a $10 word, a heuristic trait. So number one, set zones. Number two, ground validate those zones. And I think, you know, you've got a couple of ways to ground validate that. Number one, you could do tissue sample or you could do soil sample. But I think if you're just looking to make a nitrogen recommendation off of NDVI or normalized differential vegetative index, I think oftentimes we fall short of being able to understand whether that light that was reflected back is yellow corn caused by a nitrogen deficiency 
or if it's caused by a sulfur deficiency. And so I really like going out and ground truthing or validating within that zone. And then the number three area, once you get those zones and the nitrogen levels back in those zones, is set a yield goal. You may have plenty of nitrogen for the 140 bushel corn that that spot produces versus the area that's 300 bushel. You know, you've got to consider what your yield goal is and what you're getting at. And I think this is where it gets a little bit more complicated because now you've got to consider that some of those high-yield zones are also really good at mineralizing nitrogen or getting mineralized nitrogen out of that organic form. And that's a place where some of these nitrogen models are looking to try to give you a simpler way to do the math on how that field from a subfield variability aspect will work. Kyle, poke holes in my recommendations. Well, I just think things to add. I don't know if they're going to poke holes, but I think it's all based on your soil type that's underneath. You know, that's something I like to look at. Does the soil have the characteristics to hold the nitrogen in the form you had? The heuristic characteristics? That's a way different term. (laughs) The other thing is what form of nitrogen should you put on to start with? Is the yield goal across the field the same? Should you do one blanket? Should you do variable rate? The other thing I'd like to look at is how much water and the amount of quantity of water during rainfall periods through the season up to that factor. And the reason I say that is if if we had nice timely rains, we're not going to have a lot of nitrates moving through the soil profile if it's timely rains. But if we have some big gully washers that come through three to five inch rainfalls, that tends to move nitrogen farther and deeper into the zone. So those are the factors that I, I would include alongside your recommendation. Yeah. So, Jordan, I don't know if we necessarily tackled the does it give you a return on investment. Certainly a lot of equipment has the technical capability to run a variable rate control for nitrogen. But the answer I'd give you is it's really variable. The other thing, too, is the answer plot. Depending on the hybrid that you're looking at, being the wind field, we analyze the cropland brand along with the decal of the mycogen and the NK through our answer plots, and we have a number associated to all, each and every hybrid that's in there. And based off the number, if it's higher score, it's a higher response to nitrogen. So if you're really breaking it down to return on investment, that would be the first place I would go to take a look. We have all those at the fingertips of any one of your retailers. Jordan, thank you for your question. You've been listening to The Deal with Yield with Joel Whipperfirth, Winfield Ag Technology Application Lead and Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor, Kyle Reiner. For additional episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Tweet any question you have for the hosts with the hashtag DealWithYield or email them at host at dealwithyield.com for your chance to hear their response.